We have a special request. What drives Shawnee and I to do this podcast and our day jobs is to try and help investors reach their financial goals. Whether you're in retirement or just starting out, you want to hear your story and how Morningstar has helped you build a better financial future for your family. We're filming a short set of testimonial videos that will go through your journey. If you're a Sydney-based Morningstar Premium subscriber and you'd like to take part, the link to the survey is in our episode notes. If we pick you, we'll extend your premium subscription for a year as a thank you for helping out. Thanks and looking forward to hearing from you. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Investing Compass. Before we begin, please note that the information contained in this podcast is general in nature. It does not take into consideration your personal circumstances, situation, or needs. And welcome to our Christmas gift episode for 2021. Yeah, so you had to say the year because we did this before. Yeah, we so did. this is this is like <laughs> becoming a bit of a tradition, right? It is, Mark. What are the um, Lamonica Christmas traditions? Well, you know, I, I think more recently they've been trying to travel and then having it <laughs> being canceled because of COVID. But uh, but yeah, I don't know. When I was a kid, what did I do? We we would go to church Christmas Eve instead of Christmas morning. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, was there a reason for that, or I was just? I don't know. I think I just did what I was told. Okay. <laughs> um, my mother used to get me a silver bell every year, and okay. she would have engraved all my accomplishments. Well, that's very sweet. Yeah, but of course that ended pretty early because <laughs> there were no accomplishments. I stopped accomplishing things. Um, so yeah, I think there's like one bell. Yeah. <laughs> it was like was born, and then uh, and then then it was. And that over. was more effort from your mom than you. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. true. That's true. Um, well, those are all my accomplishments. Medal for participating, riding on yeah. other people's coattails. <laughs> Um, so, uh, yeah. What about you? You have any Christmas traditions? Uh, yeah. So we used to have some old ones back in Sri Lanka. So the, um, Jayaman is we all live on two streets right next to each other. Um, so I'd go and visit all my great aunts and uncles every morning, um, every Christmas morning. And there were eight of them. So I'd get eight servings of Christmas cake, which was not a bad deal. But now, um, my family and my husband's family, we have a Christmas day one day. And that gets very, very serious. So, my father-in-law actually broke his wrist last year and had to get surgery trying to take a classic catch. So um, we'll see what happens this year. Okay. Now, now, obviously, I'm wading into territory I shouldn't be speaking about. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, if we My compare... My favorite thing about Mark is that he actually doesn't know anything about cricket, but he's going on like a tour of all the capital cities in Australia to go to cricket matches. <laughs> so... Well, how else, how else do you actually learn? That's true. You got to be there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I was going to make a joke about how like, you know, even... Even with a broken wrist, I'm yeah. pretty sure the Australian team would beat Sri Lanka. <laughs> um, at least we're better than the U.S., mate. So, yeah, but, we, um, we don't play cricket. So you I don't do. Know there is a there is a U.S. cricket team. Okay. Well, the fact national. that I don't the fact that I don't know about it or any other American knows about it is an indication. Yeah. All right. So we're not going to spend the whole episode talking about cricket. Um, we're here to talk about gifts for your favorite investor in your life. And this year, we're going to take a bit of a spin on this, um, pun intended. We're going to focus on gifts that make you a better investor. Okay. So now we've set up a little bit of a gift exchange here and we're doing this, we're doing this virtually. <laughs> so we've decided, Shani and I have decided to give each other Christmas gifts in this theme. So something to make us better investors. Uh-huh. So Shani, do you want to open yours first? Now I just emailed it to you. Oh God. All right. Well, this is how you told me we were doing this because yeah, we're like okay. sitting across the room from each other. Oh my god! And 
so anyway, let, let me explain what this has to do with okay, investing. This is a very nice gift. I'm a very nice person. Okay. Okay. So we talk a lot about the technical aspects of investing, right? Like we talk about discounted cash flows, (laughs) moats, and, you know, your favorite accounting statements, right? But Uh the key to being a successful investor and the most important thing is your temperament and your mindset. (laughs) So what I, what I got you was like a little bit of a day spa thing. That's very nice, Mark. You've shown me up. Pretty hard on the gift. Uh, okay. Well, well, I need to explain it though. I need to explain it. So, all right. To start out your day, they are going to exfoliate you. And I've never been exfoliated, but I imagine that's a bit painful. But according to the internet, it leads to a healthy glow. Okay. And so that represents the first thing that's needed to be a good investor, the discomfort of saving money now <laughs> so that you can invest it and spend it in the future. So none of us like to sacrifice anything, but a great investor knows that what is given up today to be prudently invested can yield something even better in the future. So great investors understand and respect the power of compounding and understand that the focus on returns is just one piece of the puzzle for financial freedom. So far more importantly, especially when you're younger, is the amount you save and how long your savings have to compound. All right. So after this, hopefully not too painful exfoliation, then you are getting something called an aromatherapy back, neck, and shoulder massage. (laughs) Because investing, unlike our podcast, is supposed to be boring. (laughs) So most of the time, the best thing to do is nothing. Right. Because FOMO leads to chasing returns and over trading and chasing returns and over trading leads to poor investing outcomes. So the key to investing in a word is to relax and doing nothing and relaxing sounds a bit like a massage. Right. And then. Finally, another step of being a good investor is to take a look in the mirror and to know yourself. So when I look at the mirror, of course, I see the effect of my misspent youth, (laughs) but I also see someone who is really skeptical about fads and whose natural reaction is to think everything's overvalued and a bad deal. And in some ways, I think this has served me well, but I also need to have the self-awareness that this also causes me to be too conservative at times. I'm always waiting for a better deal, which means I miss things like the bottom of the COVID downturn. Where intellectually, I knew things were cheap, but my heart, I just believed they would go lower and I would get an even better price. So the last part of your gift is a facial. It's something called a bobber facial. (laughs) And I read about it on the internet. It involves five distinct treatment elements that will make your skin firmer, more radiant, and smoother in appearance, which I'm assuming is a good thing. So during this facial, I assume that you are going to be looking at a mirror so you can spend some time thinking about your own biases and how that (laughs) impacts your investing. This is a very metaphorical gift. It is. It is. And then finally, at the end, they give you a glass of champagne and some macaroons, which represents achieving your goal, right? Because after all that sacrifice, avoiding fads, resisting FOMO, and the time spent developing self-awareness... It's nice to sit back and enjoy all that you've achieved. Yeah, that all sounds like a lot of sacrifice, mate. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, that's your gift. That's so. very nice, Mark. You've actually shown me up quite hard, and I, I'm quite embarrassed to give you your gift now. You're embarrassed? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, let's- all right. Here we go. Here we go. It's, um, I took this uh, a much more direct approach. Okay. Direct is good. <laughs> direct is good. Where am I supposed to be looking for this? Oh, here you've sent it. Wow. <laughs> so a printable pros and cons list. 
have you have you pre-filled this out with all of my cons? <laughs> I've got um look, it's I'll, I'll talk a little bit why I cho- about why I chose this gift. Um if I could turn red right now I would because <laughs> I think we both misread the brief. Um uh, Okay. But- <laughs> Well, there was a mismatch in this, but all right. So I think one mark of a good investor is that they understand why they're investing in something, but also understand why others might not be investing in it. So your present is a healthy dose of skepticism. So when we buy a share, there's always someone on the other end of that trade selling it with the opposite outlook of the company. And when we sell a share, there's always someone on the other side buying it, thinking rosier thoughts. So I think a really great way to do this is something that our analysts take uh, do do when they evaluate stocks, and that's a bulls say and a bears say list. And I couldn't find something customized to say bulls and bears, but that's the closest that I could find. It was a pros and cons list. Um, I, I mean, you could have just written it on a yeah. piece of paper. Or, <laughs> it would have been better. Or made your own. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, gift from the heart. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, but what I thought we could do is go through an example of one that our analysts put together on a stock. Um, so what I'd like to do is go through Fortescue Metals because ShareSite, which is also a great Prezi for an investor, which we'll go through, they released their top ASX trades in October for their users. And if we exclude ETFs, the most trades were on Fortescue. And interest- interestingly enough, there was volume in the user base on both the buy and sell side. So I think it's a perfect example. Um, so Mark... Do you want to help me out with this one? I've got some notes on the first page about Fortescue. Okay. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, well, how about this? Because because I talked about how I'm always negative uh-huh. and skeptical, I'll do the pro side. All right. Sounds good. Changing so, things up, right? Yeah. And for context, as we're recording this, Fortescue is a one-star stock and we consider it overvalued. Okay. So there are three <laughs> points for the bull case. Mm-hmm. Number one, Fortescue provides strong leverage to the Chinese economy. If growth in steel consumption remains strong, it's also likely iron ore prices and volumes will as well. Second, Fortescue is the largest pure play iron ore company in the world and offers strong leverage to emerging world growth. And Fortescue has rapidly cut costs and significantly narrowed the cost disadvantage relative to industry leaders like BHP and Rio Tinto. So if steel industry margins fall in the future, it's likely product discounts will narrow significantly relative to historical averages. All right. That was great, mate. So I'm going to take the bear side then. Um, So Chinese growth has been inflated by government stimulus spending. We think that fixed asset investment is unstable and future iron ore growth volume um, and prices are likely to be much less favorable than margins. They're significantly lower than those of diversified peers like BHP, Rio Tinto, and Vale, and this could affect the longer-term competitive position if the industry cost curve flattens, as we expect. And um, Fortescue produces an inferior, lower iron-grade product, which attracts a discount to the benchmark 62% iron ore fines price. So lower-grade reserves mean this discount is pretty likely to persist. Yeah, I mean, what could go wrong? Yeah. (laughs) A lower-grade product... Leverage to the Chinese economy. Yeah. I mean, yeah, get out there and buy this. No red flags there. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm supposed to be taking the bull case though, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. I, I mean, one of the one of the great things I will say that this is a process that I 
currently use and I generally just do it in my head yeah. instead of on paper. <laughs> but having it down on paper, once again, don't do what I do. Um, but having it down on paper is great for investors because it means you can go back and look at it at any time. So when there's volatility, when the stock goes up, when the stock goes down, if your knee-jerk reaction is to do something, to buy or sell the share, you can go back and read what you wrote. And it also counteracts confirmation bias. So confirmation bias is when you seek out information that confirms your own opinion and investing that can be very dangerous. So writing out the case for the opposite side, whether you are buying or selling, can help you confirm and strengthen your opinion and help you reevaluate your opinion on the stock. You're just trying to make me feel better about this present, aren't you? I, I am yeah. not. <laughs> All right. So we've spoken about this a few times before on Investing Compass, but professional investors and fund managers employ these strategies. And by that, I mean, write down the reasons to invest and ensure it remains true through holding the stock. Analysts and portfolio managers also generally pitch ideas and strategy to their peers. And part of this is to get other opinions, but part is just going through this process of presentation to someone you respect and want to impress clarifies your thinking and makes you dig a little bit deeper on your research. So find a mate that you can do this with. So I'll pop a link in our Investing Compass resources to a step-by-step article that shows you how to create an investment policy statement or IPS, which is basically just written down um, guidelines to how you invest based on your financial goals and circumstances and setting out a framework for deciding on investments for your portfolio. Okay. So we've gone through our own gifts mm-hmm. and we've started going through gifts to that investors can get other investors. But let's do a I couple mean, more. If we're going to make this a tradition and we're doing this episode every year, it's just going to become like a case of one-upmanship now. Now that I know the bar, now that I know what's going on in your head. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, we're recording this. So we're recording this on Thanksgiving. We are. And yeah. so we have given each other Christmas gifts the last two Thanksgivings. Mm-hmm. The first one, I didn't know you very well. So I got you. You a, got me a bottle of rosé. A, wi- a bottle of rosé. Mm-hmm. And then I got you like a wine and cheese journey. Yeah. And now that I know you better, I would get you the exact same thing. So <laughs> so that's good. I'm a simple woman. Exactly. Yeah. But, but in a very good way. Um, okay. So we need uh, we need some more gifts for people. How about a couple of um, – we'll go through a couple of gifts. Then we'll end maybe with some stock picks from our analyst best ideas list. Mm-hmm. Which can be a little gift for yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So we said last year that one of the best gifts that you can give to an investor is a gift of knowledge. And we still stand by that. We went through a few different levels last year in terms of where people were at with our investing journey, but we've got one which is suited to all investors that covers all the bases. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and one thing, one thing you can go back and listen to that Christmas episode, mm-hmm. and all those ideas still stand, exactly. right? So yeah. these are just additional gifts. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about a book again, and it's a book that personally has had a huge influence on my own investing approach, and it's called The Future of Investors by Jeremy Siegel. And the book makes some great points about how high expectations and the concept of a perfect scenario being priced into the market can play out for you as an investor. And Siegel wrote this book in 2005, so it's a lot more relevant to the age that we're operating in compared to books like The Intelligent Investor. He looks at different markets, stocks, and what new technologies, expanding industries, and fast-growing countries offer investors. Yeah, so basically explores whether growth sectors are truly the new wave or whether they are an investment trap. And I think especially in the environment we're operating in now, whether you've ridden that wave of good tidings or whether you're just starting out, just understanding these concepts behind how expectations are priced into the market will allow you to better form an opinion about your next investments. 
And Mark has a list of books like this one that have changed his thinking or has made him become a better investor. This is just one of quite a few, so we'll pop the rest of them in the resources page. But in the new year, we can cover a few in our book reviews. All right, so let's move on to our next gift, and that's the gift of removing a burden. Am I the burden? Are you firing me here, Shani? (laughs) No, Mark. Uh, So in this case, it's probably partly removing a burden, but it's a burden of tax time. Now, a very strong disclaimer here that Mark and I are not tax professionals, nor do we have any strong background in taxation. So this product will make a lot more sense, but it's a subscription to a portfolio tracking tool or a portfolio management tool. And there are a few on the market, but we're obviously biased and prefer ShareSite because it's integrated into our product. But there are great reasons why we did choose ShareSite. But any tool that will be able to provide you with tax reporting may be able to help. Yeah. And just to be clear, you know, I need to put on my other you know, hat, work mm-hmm. hat. Um, <laughs> ShareSite is included in your Morningstar premium subscription. It is, yeah. So, and if you're a ShareSite subscriber now and sign up for premium, we'll pay your bill. Exactly. So. And if uh, you have income that is derived from the share market, it can be tax deductible. Morningstar premium is designed to help you reach your investing goals. Our coverage spans over 50,000 securities and 2,000 funds and ETFs. Sign up to a four-week free trial through the link in the episode notes to access our global equity best ideas for our topics across borders. Find shares with sustainable, above-average dividend payouts and the best opportunities at home with five-star Aussie stocks. A Morningstar Premium subscription includes a ShareSide investor plan, allowing you to track all of your investment holdings in one place. And take advantage of ShareSide's investment performance and tax reporting that has been built specifically for the needs of self-directed investors. If you love premium after your four-week trial and choose to subscribe, your subscription may be tax-deductible if you derive income from the share market. Sign up for a free trial today. So why don't you tell us how ShareSite can make you a better investor? Um, Or I guess I will. You've been talking for a while. (laughs) Um, So I guess it depends how you define being a better investor. But in many cases, and what we are proponents of, it's just reaching your investment goals. And you need a required rate of return to get there. So many investors spend time researching and analyzing, pulling data to make decisions on their portfolio to reach this rate of return that's needed to achieve their goals, particularly if that's a high rate of return. But what investors tend to forget is a taxation between 19% and 45% of your return can be a detriment to you. Mm, Yeah, of course. And we're not telling you to hide money in the Caymans, but understanding your tax liability and discounts and structuring that you're legally entitled to can save you arguably much more than the time spent adjusting your portfolio. And we did a webinar recently with the CEO of ShareSite, Doug, who uh, went through one of the features that um, a portfolio tracking tool can help with tax. Um, And we'll pop a link to the webinar on our resource page. Yeah. Also, if anyone does know how to hide money in the Caymans, please send an email. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That will be, that can be your Christmas gift to us. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So we've got some gifts that you can give to yourself and we've taken them from the November Global Equity Best Ideas list. So we will share three best ideas today. There are, I think, 70 on the list. So there's 66. 66. Okay. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot, there's a lot more. But the first one we're going to talk about today is AGL. So, Shani, what do our analysts think about AGL? All right. So they think that AGL is trading at a pretty large discount to our fair value estimate. As we're recording this, AGL is trading at $5.36 and the fair value estimated by our analysts is $14. We think that they have a narrow moat, meaning that their earnings are protected for at least the next 10 years. Their earnings face major headwinds in the near term from lower wholesale electricity prices, higher fuel costs, and unfavorable regulation. 
And while it's pretty likely that the volatility in the stock price will continue, we see substantial long-term value in the business, which is one of Australia's largest generators and retailers of electricity. We expect slowing renewable energy supply additions, the closure of aging coal power stations and rising gas costs, pushing up costs for gas-fired power stations to support electricity prices in the medium term. Yeah, and wholesale electricity prices have risen 50%, around 50% from their February 2021 lows. So if this is sustained, and we suspect it will be sustained, wholesale prices should flow through to retail prices, obviously with a bit of a lag, but that will support AGL's medium-term earnings. AGL is also about to split into two companies, so one that consists of the retail side of the business and one that contains the power generation side of the business. And our analyst thinks that the current valuation, little to no value, is given to this power generation side of the business. So that's where we think there's a lot of upside for investors. Yeah, and it should be noted that there are risks to AGL, and we give it a high uncertainty rating. Those risks include the role of government in setting electricity pricing and policy with a focus on affordability and environmental factors but we believe it's priced attractively enough to compensate investors for these risks. All right. So that's one. Mm -hmm. We promised three, right? Yeah. Okay. So our second is G8 Education, which is the second largest provider of childcare services in Australia. Incidentally, the largest provider of childcare is an iPad, a Valium, and a Leash. (laughs) This is why I don't have children, right? (laughs) But but yeah, no, there's actually a company that provides it. that's not a terrible technique, right? No. Yeah. So our fair value for G8 sits at $2 a share, and it's currently trading at $1.10. And they were affected pretty badly in early 2020 by the coronavirus-related economic downturn, and that exasperated the already weak share price. So what's new, though, is that there's additional federal government financial support for the childcare sector, as well as a relatively large equity capital raise for G8 education. and we've lately had a recovery in childcare demand that has supported the company. So our analysts expect occupancy rates at G8's childcare centres to continue to recover during 2022, and that's helped cause a rebound in G8's profits and help close the share price fair value discount. They also remain confident in the long-term outlook for the childcare industry and G8. They're expecting childcare demand to grow with the population and female workforce participation. The federal government bears most of the cost of childcare services, and we do expect this to continue, meaning that the sector is reasonably defensive. Uh, once again, we do need to note the risks to G8. Yeah, and our analyst report does not specifically say my method of childcare mm-hmm. catching on. but You just got to do what you got to do. Well, know? exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I don't know if that's appropriate all day, right? People are going back to work. Mm. So that's why they need to use childcare. Yeah. And I don't know if like the leash thing works all day, right? No. Your child could gnaw through the leash and escape. Yeah, I just wouldn't know from personal experience. Uh, well, you treat your dog like a child. Yeah, so, I do. And you won't leave your dog alone for more than three hours. So yeah. I don't know what to say. It's a puppy. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. Getting, back to, getting back to G8. So it's a company with a high uncertainty rating again, and it doesn't have a moat as we think there's really low barriers to entry in the childcare sector. So childcare is also heavily subsidized by the government, as uh, as Shani said, and traditionally G8 has relied on capital markets, so borrowing money, issuing more shares to fund the acquisition of more childcare centers. All right. And last, let's go overseas for this one. It's Amazon. 
Uh, US analysts view the shares of wide moat Amazon as increasingly attractive in the recent sell-off of growth-oriented tech stocks, and they highlight among their top picks with a $4,100 fair value estimate, currently trading at $3,580 as we record this. The long-term investment case for Amazon centers on dominance in e-commerce and public cloud through Amazon Web Services, or AWS, as well as its quiet strength in its unique advertising business. Yeah, and so Amazon dominates through size and scale, and that provides a lot of consumer choice and low prices, which you know people like, and that's how they get shoppers in. Um, and they also then get to draw in lots more vendors. So third-party sellers come on, and it's just this virtuous cycle, mm-hmm. right? More vendors, more shoppers, a yeah. good thing. And then, of course, there's Amazon Prime, which I think I accidentally joined last night. <laughs> um, I ordered a Nutri Ninja, and I think somehow I joined Amazon Prime. But that's their subscription service, and it provides recurring cash flow to the business. And with all of these factors, we think Amazon's position is pretty commanding. And then we look to its advertising business, given its internet presence and the fact that Amazon knows so much about its shoppers. The company's advertising business has grown rapidly. And like AWS, which is their cloud storage, it's growing faster than the corporate average and generates high margins, which also helps fund growth initiatives for the company. AWS itself generates strong growth and high margins, giving Amazon the ability to expand its e-commerce footprint and invest in other areas of the business. Yeah, and if we go back and we look at just the retail perspectives or their classic business, our analysts expect continued innovation to help drive further share gains, market share gains. Um, And we think they can also continue to penetrate into categories such as groceries, pharmacy, luxury goods that they haven't had a lot of success in so far. Mm -hmm. And as Shani was talking about AWS, we think there are technology advancements in AWS and that they can push into servicing enterprise customers, and that will sustain the company's lead there. So overall, as you can imagine from everything we're saying, we expect strong revenue and free cash flow growth to continue for years to come. All right. And we have one more Christmas present for you. And we've decided that in the new year, we're going to run a free foundational investing webinar course that's in eight parts. We love doing the podcast, but we understand that sometimes after listening, you have more questions you want to ask us and you can watch these webinars live weekly um, or on demand and we'll go right from the basics. And if you watch it live, you can ask Mark as many questions as you like, time permitting. So we'll pop a link to register in the resources page linked in our bio. If you're thinking about watching it on demand, register through the same link and we'll send through the link and resources after the fact. So that's it for our Christmas present episode for the year, where Mark has definitely showed me up. We've we had our uh, Christmas party this week, so we'll pop some photos on our resource page if you'd like to see Mark dressed as Britney Spears. So you know, Mark, once it's on the internet, there's not really any going back. First of all, I'm not dressing as Britney Spears. <laughs> it's Britney Spears theme. It's Britney Spears theme. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not actually dressing as Britney Spears. I thought if I said it, you would do it. Okay. Well, maybe because people are expecting it now. Well, nobody on the team's expecting it. <laughs> anyway, our Christmas party is on Britney Spears' birthday. Which is why it's Britney Spears. Hence the theme. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, thank you guys very much for uh, for joining us. Hopefully, you've got some good ideas for Christmas gifts on here. Once again, you can go back and listen to our previous year's episode. Mm-hmm. And as always, we would love questions or comments in your podcast app. And thank you very much for listening. Any advice in this podcast is general advice or regulated financial advice under New Zealand law prepared by Morningstar Australasia Proprietary Limited and or Morningstar Research Limited without reference to your financial objectives, situations or needs. 
you should consider the advice in light of these matters and any relevant product disclosure statement before making any decision to invest. To obtain advice for your own situation, contact a financial advisor.